Welcome to the show. We have a phenomenal broadcast set up for you tonight. My name is Xavier Katana. You're listening to the Human Experience Podcast. Tonight, we're going to be exploring the idea of meaningful coincidences, synchronicities. ever had one of those moments where you just feel like there's something deeper going on there's something else going on when everything falls into place in this perfect sort of way so we're just going to explore that with my guests The human experience is giving your life a deeper sense of meaning as we welcome my guest, Dr. Bernard Bateman, onto the show. Bernard is, Dr. Bateman is the first psychiatrist since Carl Jung to systemize the study of consciousness. He's a graduate of Yale Medical School. He did his psychiatric residency at Stanford University. He is the co-author of an award-winning book, the founder of The Coincidence Project. Bernard, it's a pleasure. Welcome back to HXP. Great, great to, to hear, hear your, your voice, voice here, here, Professor, Professor X. X. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I missed you, man. It's uh, it's been a few years since we've talked. Um, you know, why don't why don't we just kick this off? I think I think most of the people that are going to be listening to this episode, they have an understanding or an idea of what synchronicity is, but but as a synchronicity scientist, what do you I mean, what do you say what is synchronicity? 
I let's talk, I let's about, talk science about science and synchronicity first. first okay. I'm glad, okay. you, I'm glad, I'm glad you lead, lead with, that. with that. Okay. Uh, there's, uh, there's been, been lots, lots of books, books written, written and a lot of, a lot of people talking, talking about, about synchronicity, synchronicity and, and let's add serendipity. They are both important meaningful coincidences. That's why my title of my book is Meaningful Coincidences to include serendipity as well as synchronicity. And, and, and a couple, a couple of, other of other things, things too. too. It's a broad, it's a broad, it's a broad, it's a broad term, term meaningful, meaningful coincidences. coincidences. But but what 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 is, what the, is science the science of meaningful, meaningful coincidences? coincidences? Uh, I'm paraphrasing uh, Thoreau, who said, "Build your castles in the air, but then ground them, bring them connected to earth." And I'm the connector uh, between those castles in the air and Earth. And that's what science attempts to do, come up with the good ideas. I mean, our audience knows that uh, synchronicities happen um, and they have all kinds of ideas about how it happens. And they hear different reasons and explanations and uses. And I've tried to bring uh, a systematic view. And what's a systematic view? Well, a good science begins with description. And a good description usually involves categories. Mm -hmm. So I have developed in the book Meaningful Coincidences a bunch of different categories for meaningful coincidences. So that's the beginning of a science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so what's the first category then? Well, the first category is meaningful coincidence, and underneath meaningful coincidences, there are four categories. Okay. Um, one is synchronicity, one is serendipity, another is the lesser-known seriality, and the fourth is an interesting one that happens a lot more than people recognize that I have named simulpathity, which is the experience of the pain or distress of a loved one who is at a distance from where you are experiencing that distress. Hmm. It's an important, it's an important idea uh, that people can feel the pain of a loved one who isn't in the same room. It's more than empathy or not the same as empathy. It's, it's empathy at a distance, if you will. And so it's fun to try to figure out, because I'm ever curious, uh, about how that works. And maybe we'll get to uh, my model for how uh, simulpathity works. But that's a fourth category. The ones people are most interested in are synchronicity and serendipity. And what is synchronicity and serendipity? But let's start, start off with what is a coincidence? Mm -hmm. As part of this, again, is being as clear as we can about definitions. Mm -hmm. A coincidence is the coming together of two events in a surprising and unexpected way that somehow seem to have an explanation and may, may somehow be meaningful to the person experiencing it. I'll say somehow and maybe because a coincidence is still a coincidence when we don't know how to explain it. Once we know how to explain it, it's no longer a coincidence. It's, it's mm -hmm. a connection mm -hmm. between two events, and that's mm -hmm. just cause and effect of some kind or another. So, so that's, a co that's a coincidence. Mm -hmm. Meaningful coincidence uh, is, a, is one that has various emotional elements in it. A mm -hmm. meaningful coincidence adds that the, the two events, it's usually two events, uh, but it can be um, many, many events at the same time or over a period of time. The, the, 
the co the primary f emotion of a meaningful coincidence is surprise. They're like what? Mm -hmm. Like what was that? Mm -hmm. uh, what are the odds of that? Is something people commonly say. Now, for those of you who experience a lot of them, you're probably no longer surprised. You kind of expect them. And that's a nice thing to be able to talk about is the people who have meaningful coincidences as an everyday part of their life. But what I'm talking about is the beginning part of this for beginners and for the beginning of a science is just make it simple, which is the the that the primary response to two events coming together is surprise and for me the one of the events that made me <laughs> very surprised and very unexpected uh took place in san francisco in 1972 <clears throat> i was um 1973 it was february 26th it was 11 p.m on february 26 1973 mm -hmm. and i was standing in front of a sink in a victorian house in the fillmore district and choking mm. uncontrollably mm -hmm. i couldn't stop i couldn't stop i couldn't stop <coughs> choking mm -hmm. well i stopped finally it was a long time i never choked <clears throat> choked like that before or since so it was pretty outstanding. The next day, my brother called me and said that our father, who was in the hospital and seemed to be recovering well, our father had died, and he died by bleeding into his throat. Hmm. I was experiencing something like what my father was experiencing as he lay dying. That was a surprise because uh, I'm a psychiatrist. I went to medical school. We weren't told about anything like this before. So I said, hmm, I got to like uh, look into this. So that was the surprise. Amazing. What's the probability of this? A second part of meaning is that the two events have overlapping meaning. They have meaning in common. And clearly in this situation, my choking my father's choking were very similar, not the same, but very similar. So the two events are analogs of each other. Mm -hmm. the, the similarity is variable across coincidences and people stretch the similarity sometimes. And that's part of the fun of trying to help people figure them out. But this is pretty close, both people choking. So then comes the question, another question of meaning, what is the significance to the person experiencing the coincidence. My father, I couldn't ask, obviously, but indirectly, he was talking to me. So the meaning to me was that my father died on February 27th, 1973. Mm -hmm. February 27th, which was the next day, I was in I was February 26th in San Francisco. He was 3,000 miles away in Wilmington, Delaware. That was February 27th. That's my birthday. My father died on my birthday. Wow. So, yeah. So I said, that's, you know, that wow was what I did. I was like, what? So the meaning of that coincidence, coupled with the choking, was my father saying, remember Carl Beitman. Remember me. 
by telling you and our audience this story, I am remembering him and honoring his memory. So uh, I, that was the personal meaning to me. Hmm. The explanation meaning was something that I pursued uh, over the over the many years. The first thing I had to do was saying, say, is well, if it happened to me, did it happen to other people too? Mm-hmm. And one of the lessons of coincidence studies is if it happened to you, even how, however weird you think it is, it's happening to someone else, it happened to someone else, it will happen to someone else. We are all part of a great mind. I call it the psychosphere, our mental atmosphere. I'm not going out in the universe. I'm just staying with our mental atmosphere here on Earth, and mm-hmm. we are sharing ideas with each other. So if I had this happen to me, it probably happened to other people, but I didn't know that. So I went ahead and did some research. I have created a, uh, a survey that was valid and reliable, doing all the right things to make it a reliable, valid, good survey. It's called the Weird Coincidence Survey. And if any of our audience wants to take this survey to measure their coincidence sensitivity, they can go to my website, coincider.com. And it's called Coincider, C-O-I-N-C-I-D-E-R, because a coincider is someone who experiences coincidences. (laughs) So you go to coincider.com, take the weird coincidence survey. So I asked in that survey, do you... How often do you experience the pain or distress of a loved one at a distance? And the answer was sometimes. Well, I hope it doesn't happen all the time or regularly. Uh, It happens with twins sometimes pretty regularly, but most people not that regularly. So that confirmed what I thought might be true is that other people experience things like this choking that I experienced about my father. And more more research that I found uh, also corroborates uh, that finding. So Bernard, was it was it the 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 context of the experience that connected it together, or was there some sort of genetic because you are your your father's child that you would have this connection with your dad and feel what he was feeling? Well, I I glad you asked that, Xavier, because um, Connection is the key part of this. Genes play a role in that. Uh, Research um, by Ian Stevenson here in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, where I am, uh, showed that that in his book, Telepathic Impressions, that these kinds of experiences take place between people who are emotionally connected. It's often a, a parent and a child. But it can be people who are very good friends. I was on a podcast yesterday, and the podcaster told me a story of her own mm-hmm. in which she got woke, woken up in the middle of the night in great distress and found out soon after from her, one of her best friends that this best friend's father had been killed in a severe automobile accident. So this was the first time I've heard a kind of not feeling the pain of someone who's in relationship to you, but someone who is in a relationship with someone who is in a relationship. Uh, And it's the same idea. 
she experienced the pain of her friend's loved one. She almost experienced it for her friend. And these kinds of experiences demand, I think, an explanation. And connection is a critical part of explaining. Okay. So, I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you think um, cause and effect um, relate to synchronicity? Well, you may know that uh, the word synchronicity was coined by Carl Jung, and yes. he didn't use the term for meaningful coincidences at, at all. The word synchronicity for Jung meant an a-causal connecting principle, mm-hmm. meaning that he was getting kind of into quantum physics and entanglement right. and, try, and trying to say, um, we're entangled, and that's why it that's, happens. That's where I was going. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's a really popular explanation these okay. days. Okay. A lot of people like quantum, uh, what I call quantum mysticism, uh, because we don't really know how you can make an analog between small things like uh, like photons and electrons. They've do- they're doing it with bigger molecules now, showing that they can be entangled. Entangled, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of work to make that happen, but it happens, and they can make they can separate them far away and change the spin in one and immediately the spin changes in the other one and that's really a tempting metaphor for what i just described with the simulpathity experiences however there's a big leap between the quantum world and uh, our newtonian three-dimensional world and i try to make explanations that fit our three-dimensional world because there's a lot of stuff we don't know about what's right in front of us What's going on around us? So I have explanations that have to do with our, our higher self and the psychosphere, that we communicate with people we're connected to through our higher selves, which are kind of like balloons in the psychosphere, which is our mental atmosphere mm-hmm. floating around above us. And because we have a new a good connection with somebody down here, there's a good connection between the higher selves in the psychosphere. So if something happens to one person, it goes up to the higher self, which connects, connects it, the information over to the other one, and then the information goes down to the receiver. That's my simple explanation of it. Uh, there's a couple of assumptions there. Do you have a higher self? And mm-hmm. is, it lo- is it located in three-dimensional space? Mm-hmm. And is there such a thing as a psychosphere? Those are the basic mm-hmm. assumptions. If you can make those assumptions, it becomes the beginning of an explanatory model. So, so what I'm what I'm gathering is you don't you're you're not connected to Jung's definition. You have your you've created your own definition for how these events occur. Yeah, you, you, the Jung's synchronicity principle, like so many other interesting principles, including entanglement, are placeholders for further investigation. They're not really the final explanation. Jung needed another word because he knew that regular causation is not the best explanation for a lot of this stuff. There's more to it. And he was right. But whether it's his friend, um, the the, the, the quantum physicist that helped him think about quantum mechanics, um, whether it's that or not, I don't think so, because I'd rather make an explanation that is more in tuned with the reality that we're living here. And when I can't do that, then I'll go to something else. Hmm. I, I mean, 
there are there are certain moments where someone will say, "Oh, I had a synchronicity," and I'm like, "Dude, what are you what are you talking about?" Like, good, you know, good. it just it just it it was two things that that seem like they're related, but they have nothing to do with each other, and it's something that's in their own minds that they're feeling. But there are some times where it's kind of like a shock, you know, and and you're like, "Oh my God!" You know, the, how what is going? Like, it makes you kind of question are we in a simulation or where what's going on here that this can happen that because the two the two events as they connect together are so seemingly astronomical astronomically impossible that when they connect you you're you're in this you know what you said surprise or for me shock well i like to hear examples because uh, what you might think is uh, very weird, uh, chances are good. I've heard that story before because I hear a lot of stories. Well, a really basic, really basic example would be you randomly think about a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. Your phone rings and it's them calling you. That is one of the four most common meaningful coincidences according to our uh, survey. It's common. I, 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 I had a, another person tell me about um, making a phone call to a chiropractor named Robin. Uh, and instead of getting the chiropractor, uh, she got another Robin. She said, oh, is this Robin? And it wasn't the chiropractor. She could tell. It was her friend Robin who was in a deep meditation and was thinking about having the person telling me the story contact her. So when you're in a deep meditation, you can send a telepathic message in the manner that I was trying to describe, this kind of rectangle thing. And because the, the person who made the call uh, wanted to call a Robin, and Robin was kind of asking her to call this Robin and not the chiropractor, she unconsciously, subconsciously called the Robin who wanted to be called. And that's, we do that all the, we do that. We make mistakes that really aren't mistakes. Okay, okay, so then how are synchronicity and the idea of manifestation related, like manifesting your own reality? How, how are those two things related? Well, I, let's, just, let's just go back a little bit to your saying that, the, the, the re, that, that, that you were giving an example of a very low probability coincidence. Yeah. And, and there's pretty, da- pretty good data from Rupert Sheldrake uh, yeah. regarding telephone telepathy that suggests <laughs> that it happens, especially between people who know each other well. Uh, it's, it's a real thing. So what we're talking about is telepathy, and I'm trying to be able to give an explanation for telepathy, and that's what I just tried to be able to suggest to you. So the example you gave me, you thought, was a very low weird probability. It's not, Xavier. It's one of the most common coincidences that people report. What do you make out of that? So, so there could be some type of morphogenic field that that connects all of us together, and you know, science just hasn't gotten up to the point of defining it just yet, and and that's what we're experiencing. Yeah, uh, Rupert's kind of narrow in his morphogenic field definition, but it's the same general idea. So then, back to my last question, which was yeah. manifestation. Because there, there is this idea of, of creating your reality by, by putting energy into certain thoughts. So how does that, how does that relate to synchronicity? 
the the simplest definition of a meaningful coincidence is a an odd, surprising, uh, hard to explain connection between a mental event and an external event, something in the environment. So if you are thinking of something like wanting it to manifest, then and it happens, that's a, a meaningful coincidence until you, we find an explanation for it. So that's a basic, most common kind of co coincidence, mind environment coincidence. When you're doing it on purpose, it gets a little interesting um, because it's not just you manifesting. Um, you have to be able to manifest something that's reasonably possible to happen. Uh, for example, if you're an Eskimo uh, somewhere north of Fairbanks, Alaska, mm -hmm. and it's winter, and you still happen to be living in an igloo, if which still happens out there, and you want to manifest something, you won't be able to manifest a camel with a, a guy riding the camel who wants to sell you some rugs. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Right. That's, that's too hard. So the probability of things being able to happen is a key part of manifestation. You've got to, it's got to be reasonable and something that's possible in the environment that you're in. So probability plays a key role in meaningful coincidences and, and in manifestation as well. So if you want to manifest something, for example, um, a woman had a dream that her son got into uh, Duke. She wanted her son to get into Duke. Mm -hmm. Well, she was, that's what she wanted. And then she had a dream that he got into Duke. Did she manifest his getting into Duke? Well, he had to apply first. <laughs> he had to have enough uh, credentials to be able to be considered, all of which she knew. She thought of it as precognition mm -hmm. um, as well as manifestation. But there's also an ability of our minds to process information and estimate the probabilities of something happening. So she could also estimate the probability. And there might have been an element of just precognition in there, too. So manifestation that it was very possible and that, uh, that he, he was there to be able to do it are all the variables that have to be considered in some manifestations. You've manifested things before, haven't you, Xavier? Yeah, for sure. I mean, wanna, there, there, yeah, there are definitely there have definitely been moments where I've felt like what I was thinking came true, uh -huh. and I, you know, it's it. I kind of think of it as consciousness is a type of lens, right? And you can you can focus that lens as much as you want. The more energy that you put into that focus, the more real it can become. The more real meaning more something that you experience through the movement of time. The more energy you put into it, the more real it becomes. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, it, it depends on what you're picking. Let me, let me tell you what I'm, I don't know if I'm manifesting or I'm like discovering this. I, I can't tell, but uh, this life that we're living here as three dimensional creatures on this earth could be a lot more fun is my opinion. Um, I think we don't have to be so nasty to each other and we could, uh, 
see Earth as a playground for us, a work playground, a place where we can work, do work, learn stuff, and playing while we're doing work and play. That's my thing. So I'm developing this, this kind of image that while you and I are talking, there's another reality um, that's going on in the psychosphere, I'm going to say, for lack of a better idea. And it's a movie. And the movie that I'm imagining, start, starting with imagine, and so important to quote Einstein here and, and to quote other people and quote me too, uh, imagination is one of the most powerful things human beings have. And what we have on this planet is a battle for people's imagination. All, this, all the, the stimuli coming at people is to take them away from their own potential to imagine out into buying something or being caught up in someone else's world and not being able to learn to imagine yourself. So it's, a, it's something you have to practice being able to do. To learn how to mad to learn how to imagine. Well, I've I've practiced this for a long time without knowing what I was that other people were doing it, and I love doing it um, on the on the athletic field. Uh, I I liked imagining um, running the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Uh, I did that twice. I even have a film uh, of my doing 97 yard kickoff return uh, on my website coincider.com where you can see me running 97 and being very scared all these big guys were trying to beat me up but <laughs> i managed to elude them uh and <laughs> went 97 and it was a wonderful thing and i'm glad i i've got and i'm here to, to tell you that it happened and there's the film and my number 23 is on the back and you could anyway there's it's enough proof that uh that this like bespectacled, bespectacled, I'm not having my glasses on, uh, <laughs> a nerd psychiatrist, uh, right. in, in high school, I was like, uh, you know, fifth in my class and a good student. Yeah. And then I go out in the baseball and football field and do weird stuff like win the batting title in 11th grade, yeah. uh, and, and make all conferences be scouted by the Oakland Raiders from football and stuff like that. So it was, I could, I had my imagination going because I could see other people doing it. So I thought maybe I could imagine myself also hitting the first pitch for a home run, which I did in a playoff game. And it, it, it's, it's surprising to be able to do it. But what I learned from that is you can't be like with the secret. You can't just lie on your bed mm -hmm. and look at the ceiling yeah. where there's a $1,000 bill and it's going to happen. I agree. I agree. There, there has to be some movement, motion, effort, on your part, you can't just sit around. Um, you know, you're, it's, it's not going to just appear in front of you uh, by itself. There has to be some almost reciprocal energy that you're putting into what you want to manifest, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so then, Bernard, can can synchronicity and as it occurs, do you think we could use it as a tool to learn. I mean, a lot of the times when I have a synchronicity, I can't think of a synchronicity right now, so don't ask. But a lot of the times when <laughs> I'll it be happens careful. to I'll me, I'll be careful. You know, I, I would ask. <laughs> I I wonder. I wonder if there's some deeper meaning that I'm supposed to be absorbing, 
or some sort of lesson I'm supposed to be learning, or maybe it's a warning, you know, like depending on the circumstance of the, of the synchronicity itself. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. It's all those things. <laughs> uh, I, I give you a sm simple example that, that there are symbols running around. I, I, I like to go for walks in a woods, um, near here um got a couple of trees three trees that i like to communicate with and it was getting dark and i came back to the parking lot um late i mean it was it was dusk a little past past what might be called dusk and there was my car and then there was a car circling my car and i knew it was a cop um trying to see what i was doing so i uh, nothing happened i just got in my car and, and got going after listening to some good music <laughs> and then going so he he followed me out and that that was that was that but i took that as um a warning i was late the police were there it was light it was a lightweight warning but i need to be careful about being late about boundary crossing about maybe night and day and dusk it was Mostly it's about boundaries and being careful is what I took away from that. So that, that's one. It's simple. I mean, I've, I've been late coming out of the woods and there's never been a cop there before. Uh, it's, it's it happened then. So that's in your warning direction. Mm -hmm. But then there are others that uh, I like to think that you and I have waited this long to get together again, that you are potentially helping me help you and our audience with the higher purpose of meaningful coincidences. I like to think that. Yeah. And I the agree. higher, oh, good. And the higher purpose is to help each of us find our own personal purpose in being here on earth and find others who perp whose purpose overlaps with yours. I have done that in forming the Coincidence Project. We have 10 board members, including me, and each of them comes to the board with different sets of talents. Like one person is great with marketing, another person is great with storytelling. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a lot like um, one of my favorite Marvel comic the books. Avengers. Things. Yeah. No, 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 not the Avengers. Oh, okay. I think they're boring. I think oh. they bore some people like the adventures. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you do. You like the adventures. It's okay. But of course, Professor X, who am I talking about? Exactly. Okay. The X-Men. I'm talking about the X-Men, Professor X. I like the X-Men. I mean, it's a school thing. I think I like school. So they have a school for weird smart kids. And I like weird smart kids. It's just like who have special talents. So, so Bernard, let me let me let me get this back on track a little bit, please. So okay, so you're going to a point. You're getting to a point. Okay. I, I wanting to be able to tell you that this group that I, I'm part of okay. are people that share a purpose with me, which is to make meaningful coincidences more out there for people to pay attention to and to tell each other coincidence stories. So okay. I'm trying to say we got together. Are to sh with shared purposes with different capacities, yeah. and the re the reason for that 
is to help other people do the same thing, find their purpose and people who are doing something similar but have different talents. And why? And I'll end it with this. We are in a difficult circumstance here on Earth. Uh, mm. We human beings are destroying our nest. We mm. are committing suicide very slowly, and it's accelerating. And we need to recognize that we are each part of a collective human organism. And we need to find our personal purpose and then find the purpose of our clan, our group, our tribe, and then have our tribe gather together with other tribes and find connections so that we can act together to stop our own suicide. Yeah. And that's, that's some deep stuff. And I agree. I think it's really important to have a tribe and that is connected um, in whichever way you feel that that benefits the earth and, and is doing something proactively to change their circumstance that we're in and we're on because, you know, I've had other researchers, scientists on the show. And, and when I asked them, how much time do we have? Um, they, they, and they say, well, we had time 20 years ago, you know, 20 years ago, it was too late. So, so just moving on, I, I've got a little bit of a, a sort of a sideways question. Okay. I, I don't know. How well, you're let, gonna... me, let, let me respond to what you just said very quickly, Xavier. So just, a little quickly, that you talk about manifestation. I talk about manifestation. So we would have the collective human organism manifest in the ways we were just talking about a better earth for all. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? That's, I mean, that's why I do this show, so that people can learn about this stuff and apply it to their lives so their lives are better and, and therefore... You know, it's affecting the earth in a positive way. Yep. Right? And we need to do it collectively. There's a little bit of a problem, and then I'll, I'll get off this back to your side question, but we don't get along with each other very well. We, we fight too much. We hate too much. We need more, people call it love, but more connections and coincidences help us see the that help us see the hidden currents that connect and unify us. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that, that these types of events could be indicating or pointing or leading us to the understanding that there's more than just uh, this, this physical thing, you know, in front yep. of us. Yes, sir. So, okay, my sideways question that I've, I've been waiting to ask you this. Um, have you, in your research or in your science, have you recorded other cultures, other past cultures, like the Egyptians or the Vedas? Have they talked, do they have any understanding of, of synchronicity? Is there, a, a, is there anything that relates to that in, in those ancient cultures? Uh, the, the ancient culture that uh, is kind of still around are the aboriginals in uh, Australia. And, and if you, 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 I've read about uh, the walkabouts where they don't have much and they're walking about and they find stuff that they need. Uh, and it seems like they're thirsty and they find something under a rock where they could drink and they know it's going to happen. 
that's an example of expecting uh, meaningful coincidences and being able to have them happen. Manifestation, uh, feeling the environment. But yes, I think they're an example of what uh, of what probably other cultures in the past have been able to do. I don't. I can't tell you specifically, but I'll, uh, I'll just give you a very simple example. We haven't talked about um, serendipity particularly. I was uh, going there next. You're like a Segway artist. You just do it for me. Don't even hey, look, me here. Professor X, man, I'm <laughs> one of your students. What do I talk about I was, was going to get to serendipity, but go, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your point. Well, the, the point is that meaningful coincidences have served as clues for how reality works uh, for much of human history. Now, I don't have the data for that. I just have like, let's tell a story and maybe it makes sense to you. But let's say you and I are are out there hunting in some forest or jungle or something. Uh, and we, w- we would like to get uh, a little meat for the for the people back uh, at, at the fire at, at the fire in the at the at the huts and where, mm-hmm. where they're just living outside someplace. Like let's, base camp. Let's, yeah. Okay. At the camp. So let's. Yeah. Let, so what we're doing and you two, you and me are the good hunters. So we're out there and we see this mark on a tree and it's a strange mark. And then we trot along a little further and then we see a particular animal that maybe we've seen before, but haven't really known very well. And so we begin to make a connection between the mark on the tree and the animal. And the more we go out there, the more we see there's a mark and then nearby there is the same animal. So what seemed to be um, uh, things that were not unrelated to each other, because we're human beings trying to figure out what's going on around here, we make connections. We look for patterns. We love Mm -hmm. patterns. So Mm -hmm. the tree mark and the animal became connected. So there was a causal relationship that we didn't know before between the tree mark and the animal that we found. Right. Right. So, so then that leads me to think, are there, are, are synchronous synchronicities happening all the time? And are we just reaching a frequency at which we can recognize these events occurring? Could yes. it be that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And by we, I think currently there are many people who never see a coincidence at all or a synchronicity. They may be happening, but they don't see them. And in order to be able to see a meaningful coincidence like serendipity as well as synchronicity, you have to be tuned into the possibility that they exist. Let's play with words. I think you like words. I love words. Love words. (laughs) Let's look at the word recognition. The word recognition is recognize. Right. It's it's a thought, but you have to think it again. So when you recognize something, you've already seen it before. And now, like with that mark on the tree, you recognize the mark where before you just cognized the mark. So in order to see a coincidence, you have to first have seen a coincidence or at least heard about them. And hopefully some people who haven't paid much attention will hear our conversation and say, well, maybe I'll look around for some of those. Maybe there will be connections between my mind events and my environmental events. And maybe I'll see if some of those are happening. Like some of the fun ones for me are like coming up with a word. Uh, I forget. It happens all the time with, uh, there's a word that I start paying attention to 
and then uh, that same word shows up in a book I'm reading, yeah. and it's a kind of weird, weird word. Uh, yeah, those are those are like those are like our laughers. I enjoy them, but they are just kind of fun, and maybe I try to think about them. But if you don't pay attention, you don't remember what you thought, and you don't notice what you thought is also uh, what you just read. You're not going to see a coincidence. Hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I I wonder about that. I, I wonder if. If a person that's not in tune, as you say, could correlate two events and then become someone that was in tune. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of the ways that happens is it gets smashed in the face with a coincidence. Uh, something like my father and the choking is like, what? He's <laughs> like, what? What was that? I mean, it was really weird for my level of understanding of such things at the time. And that made me pay, pay yet more attention to coincidences. And that happens to people sometimes, but other people, where they get, uh, boy, that was really low probability. It could be even the telephone thing you just talked about. If it strikes the person as really weird, you might start looking for them again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there could be some sort of event that occurs and when it does, it it could spark something, spark something in you that leads you to understanding it better later. Maybe in that moment, in, the, in that moment, you only understand a part of it. But then but then later on, as things progress, time moves, then you get it. Absolutely. I, I could didn't understand that choking thing for quite a long time. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you need time to absorb some of this, and it's very helpful to tell other people who are interested in coincidences your own coincidence. And so we have this this thing called the Coincidence Cafe, uh, which meets uh, every the third Saturday of every month on Zoom uh, between uh, eleven and twelve thirty, where we tell each other coincidence stories. I love that. And, and if anybody wants to get the good, maybe you'll join us. If anybody wants to be invited to the cafe, uh, you can email me uh, from my website uh, and I and say I would like to be uh, on. Uh, I'd like to be in, get the invitation, the link to the Coincidence Cafe, and I'll send it to you. Yeah, man, I'm down. Let's let's talk about coincidences. But but getting, I mean, look, look, man, like. I I wonder about you know I don't I don't question if this is real or not like to me when when one of these events occur it occurs but like I sometimes think about perhaps maybe it could be a type of language maybe God you know just out of, for lack of a better word or or a, another word could God be speaking to us through synchronicities that are so tremendous that it stops everything that we're doing and we're like we ha you have to think about it you don't have a choice not to think about it uh well if you want to do uh one of those uh look up in the sky uh the sun and the moon they're 93 million miles apart from but for, from where we stand they look to be the same size what how did that happen how did that happen? If, I think about that all the time, actually. Well, good. That's a, that's a <laughs> wonder. And there are many wonders like that. My favorite really is chlorophyll, 
without chlorophyll, we'd have no plants and we wouldn't be eating anything. Uh, mm -hmm. And chlorophyll is far out and groovy, man. But there are all, all kinds of constants that w without which uh, this planet would not be habitable for human beings. And a lot of people don't like to think about that, but it looks like it's a setup. So, so basically, so are we in a computer si simulation? And well, is, yeah. is that simulation speaking to us in some way through these, the, these synchronicities that s are seemingly implausible, but, but then become very real? I, I am most interested in what the symbols mean and finding a language or defining the well, sometimes, language. Sometimes a cigar is just just a cigar. Dark. Thank you, Sigmund Freud. <laughs> Thank you, Sigmund. I, I, you got some ashes on your cigar. You better put in the ashtray. Um, <laughs> sometimes they are. Some coincidences are just coincidences. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So being able to figure out which ones to pay attention to is part of the problem. I mean, you have a near-death experience and you feel at one with everything and don't worry about being dead. I mean, that's pretty far out and groovy, and that's pretty straightforward, really. The coincidences are messier. Some of them are just like elusive things that don't really mean much. They're tricky. The, the, the joker is around running, running around making like I, I like I like the roadrunner uh, messing up Wiley Coyote. I mean, uh, the roadrunner is, li is like um, like the coyotes usually are trying to be like uh, jesters and making us wonder uh, tricksters. And, and so there are some coincidences that are really trick us. And you, and there's sometimes messages in those. So it's, it's a whole panoply of potential. But getting to what your heart is trying to speak to with your mind, Xavier, I think a subset of meaningful coincidences is a potential language, a symbolic language for us to try to decode to see what we're being instructed about or told about or hinted about. So once we get that kind of thing going, yes, I think there what we need to do is study them and figure out which ones are the ones we should pay attention to. Do you, do you think that there could be, uh, how can I describe it? Uh, a sort of social synchronicity where a group of people could all experience a synchronicity all at once? Yeah. Um, can you, can you provide an example Because synchronicities to me seem very individual. You know, it's 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 the meaning that relates to you. It's it's something that you are connected to so deeply. So how could how could it happen on a scale that's larger than just one person? Um, one example is um, the sinking of the Titanic. Um, there are reports of of a bunch of people having premonitions of not going on the Titanic. There, a group is sharing uh, a meaningful coincidence because Titanic went down. That's a simple example, but your question is a really good one, and I'm having to think because I I know there's a better answer than the Titanic than what you're talking about. Um, it, are we gonna like 
is it a, a meaningful coincidence that January 6th is tomorrow and the House of Representatives is having trouble um, being able to um, find a speaker or, because some of the guys who were uh, involved with Janu January 6th two years ago are also against the speaker being elected now. Is that a coincidence that we're running through that now? No. Okay. I don't think so. I, I, I'm, I'm talking about something more, uh, it would be, it would have to be more ephemeral. It would have to be, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you're that. Keep expert. going. I, I want to hear your, your sense it, it would have this. to be, it would have to be something that, that relates to people. Perhaps they're seeing the same thing, right? They're seeing objectively, they're, they're sharing some, an experience or a, or, or a, a connection but then it translates on an individual level. Translate how? It translates First. into their consciousness on, a, on an individual level. Like they're together, they're all together in a group, but, but when the synchronicity occurs, it, it permeates the, whole, the entire group. Uh, maybe you can remember with me and for me, but uh, there was a... a I'm not going to say this very well, but uh, several kids saw something happen on a mountain in Spain that had to do with the Virgin Mary, I think. Um, and it was a collective experience of um, That's some. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's a famous one. I just can't come up with it. Um, but there was a collective experience of so, a strange thing. So, and there's the statues, so statues that, that bleed down the, the front of their faces uh, that some people are able to see. Is that so, sort of what you're talking about? No, no. I mean, it is sort of, sort of what I'm talking about, sort of. Keep going, because I'm very interested in this question. I, I, no, I, I, like I haven't flushed it out enough to talk about it on a level where I, I think, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it. But I, I understand the theory of it, but I, but I don't know how to relate it to you in any other way than... You know, there's a group of people together. They all understand that synchronicities exist. And maybe there's five or six people together. They're having coffee and so, uh, someone's on a bike and they ride by. And and as the person rides by, they, the, the, the synchronicity kind of permeates on an individual level. But each of them find some significant meaning and this person riding by on a bicycle, whether well, they, they own the same helmet or, you know, they own the same bike or, you know, whatever. Well, I think I have uh, something in that direction. Okay. Uh, I, I, my wife and two children, uh, my two boys and I were in San Francisco at a uh, coffee place. Uh, and my younger son was talking about um, a a duck, a, a duck boat in Chicago, a boat that could go both on land uh, and on sea, and how the the person who was steering the duck boat, uh, the captain, had made some kind of mistake, and he was laughing about that. And then, as he was telling the story, we look outside, uh, and then a duck boat goes driving down the street, going quack quack quack. Uh, so as he was talking, the three of us got to see what he was thinking 
what he was describing happened. So each of us had a different reaction to, to Carlin uh, having that experience, but is, that's more in the direction I think you're talking about. It's okay. I mean, it, it, we don't have to flesh. We don't have to figure out what I'm talking about. In this, I think we should keep going. Um, I, I I think it's a wonderful question. So yeah, I agree with you. But I think it's a wonderful. It's very question. Com, it's very complex, and you know, I, I I think the answer may be not something completely direct. But I mean, you meet with these you know coincidence coincidencers every week. Perhaps you could share a synchronicity together one day. I mean, do you think um, uh, they, ha they do ahead. happen? Coincidences do happen between people in our cafe. And sometimes there's a couple of them experiencing some of the same ideas. But I still think you're going further than that. I mean, I understand that it's a type of energy, right? Like there, there, there is this sort of etheric realm, you know, as above, so below. And, and the more that we can connect to it, the more that we can harness the energy of it, the more that we can be in, involved in our in the manifestation of our own lives, involved in seeing these synchronicities. I, I think that everything, I think synchronicities are everywhere, and there's this neurochemical process in your brain, and when it occurs, you see that thing, and in your mind, you connect all of those dots and you're like, oh, wow. So I think I think it's occurring all the time. I think we're reaching into, we're going up into a, a vibratory frequency that allows us to understand the, the meaning of it. Yeah. I, I, I caution a little bit of that because um, I think some people are doing just what you're saying. Uh, there's a kind of spiritual elevation uh, people who've had the near-death experiences and lots of parapsychological experiences tend to see a lot of coincidences every day, and lots of them. And is it that they're there and nobody has seen, nobody sees them if they're not it's more spiritually aware, or are they having something to do with creating them? Which is the second, which is what I think. Their vibrational level gets to a place where they're seeing more. And some people who are very restricted and have a narrow view uh, of themselves and what's around them don't see it. But mostly there is a subset of humanity that is seeing more and more coincidences as their energy level rises and their vibratory frequency gets higher and stronger. And that helps them see and maybe experience and create more coincidences. So, so then Bernard, how can, how can we use these meaningful events to make our lives better? They help us. Synchronicity helps us. That version of, of meaningful coincidence uh, grow spiritually, uh, interpersonally, and psychologically. And Jung was very much into all three of those things as using uh, meaningful coincidences for that purpose. Serendipity helps with happy accidents. It helps us find things that we need without knowing how we found them, but we recognize them. They are the happy accidents that occur a lot. And if you read about Nobel Prize winners, they kind of stumble across stuff and then make up a story about systematically looking for it. So mm -hmm. th th these are very helpful parts of our lives, both of them. Yeah. Um, 
Have you ever had a synchronicity change your decision-making process? Have you ever had two events coincide that, that, that affect you on a level where you've changed the direction of where you were going or in your life? Many times. So what is, how can that, how can we explain that? One of the way, one of the situation which increases meaningful coincidences is when your life is getting less and less structured. When there is um, stress uh, and you are in a needful environment where you're trying to look around for something that might help you with the problem you're in, but transitions of all kinds, particularly big transitions, but even smaller ones like vacations are associated with an increase in coincidences. We're looking around for them. So that's one circumstance that tends to increase uh, the number of coincidences people have. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I, I, I like talking about this because it seems like more and more people are, are talking are understanding the idea of synchronicity and it's almost like the the gateway into other higher levels of, of understanding and consciousness xavier you speak in my language i call it uh i call it like there's a rocket ship going up and it's a portal coincidences are portal to that rocket ship that we all can get on and have a great time uh, increasing our vibrational capacities yes have you noted any any historical examples of synchronicity? Oh, yeah. Um, the way the word uh, coincidence, I'll use the word coincidence because that came first. Hmm. I mean, Jung came up with synchronicity maybe in the, in the 1900s, uh, really popularized it uh, or tried to uh, with his book, Synchronicity, in like the mid-1950s. 1950s, 1960s. Serendipity came up in um, 18, in the 1700s. But before serendipity, uh, we had to get the word coincidence into our language. And the, mo- and, the word, and the event, the coincidence that brought coincidence into American English was the deaths of uh, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams mm. uh, mm-hmm. 50 years after they each signed the Declaration of Independence. On the July 4th, 1826, which 50 years after 1776, these two men, instrumental in what happened with the United States, died the same day. That was a big surprise to everyone. That brought the word coincidence into common use in at least America. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, it's a silly question. Happens all the time. You can, well, you can see this more and more if you if you just look deep enough. Well, you want you, no. It's a good question because you want to see historical records that confirm what you just said. No, it's a very it's a very important question. We want to be able to see that it's happened before and not and and, and point to events. There's there's lots of them. Um, there are lots of them. Doctor B, uh, is is there a way for us to increase the amount of synchronous? Like, how can I bring myself to a point where I'm experiencing more synchronicity in my life first and foremost is to think they might be useful 
You've got to pay attention. Whatever, whatever other, whatever else I say, if you're not looking for them or open to seeing them, opens a key idea. If you're not open to seeing them, you're not going to see them. That's the way. That's the way human beings are. So the way to increase them is to be open to the possibility that they might be happening to you, and then identify them. And another way to to increase them is to tell people who are interested in coincidences. Tell them your coincidence story and have them tell you your coincidence story. Then you begin to form a little tribe, which a friend of mine in Boulder, Colorado has. Uh, we, the Coincidence Cafe is an example of that. And we're forming Coincidence Cafes in, uh, in three dimensions, not just on Zoom. And you'll find people who are sharing the interest in coincidences. And that will increase your experience of coincidences. Another way to do it is read my book, Meaningful Coincidences, because for some reason or another, I'm like Tinkerbell spreading the fairy dust of meaningful coincidence awareness to people who might be interested in it. So just having it in your mind, the idea is one way to is another way to increase them. Other ways is to look for them more carefully during times of transition. And that includes when you need something, when when you have high emotion, and when you're in a stressful circumstance. Each of those variables increase the likelihood that coincidences will happen. It's very profound. I liked that a lot. I mean, I um, I think I, I think, and I I agree with you. I think it, uh, it's kind of, synchronicity is kind of like the gateway drug into these higher realms of consciousness where we're experiencing more. And and I, and I wish you know, I I wish more people were open about their experiences regarding the phenomena itself. Sometimes it's kind of just swept under the rug or. Oh, well, people are going to think I'm crazy. Why should I even talk about this? People will think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what made Jung uh, careful about bringing it to um, modern science. He thought they would think he was crazy. Uh, the, the, The main reason people don't talk about them is for the same reason people don't talk about dreams. They're hard to remember. Synchronicities are hard to remember unless you get slapped in the face. You got to write them down just like dreams. And synchronicities are like dreams in the, the following way. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. And synchronicities are a version of the dream life of this reality that we're all running through. Yeah. So write them down. Yeah, I think I think there's something profound about taking a thought and then putting it onto something physical, like a piece of paper. Yep, yep. It really changes it. I agree. But Doctor B, you know something I think about a lot is the concept of like fate or destiny. So. You know, this might be too complex. It might be another show that we need to use do this on. But if we if we have free will, and you know, how does how does fate and destiny tie into synchronicity? Uh, That's a wonderful question. It's a very important question, and it's you ask it the way a lot of people ask it, which is the which to me is the wrong way to ask it. 
it's not either or. We have fate. We have free will. We have a limited amount of free will. We have some that we can use. But there are a lot of things that we're affected by that we have not much control over. And that is part of fate. But fate begins to suggest that what's happening to you is inscribed in some kind of code or or book about your future. And there may be something to it. And you've been alluding to um, the simulation thing. And I love the simulation idea. I mean, I, I, I like the idea sometimes that the synchronicities are like uh, glitches in the matrix. Uh, and they're hints to how the matrix is operating, which mm-hmm. is why your question about decoding the symbols is so important, I think. But we don't know what's going on here is what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm I'm a smart guy. I went to like like Ivy League places and like blah blah blah. And I like uh, I don't know what's going on here, which is why I'm into this meaningful coincidences because they help us with clues about how reality works, and they show us how it's not just we're all connected. It shows us how we're connected, and I want to look at how we're connected. But your your question about fate or or simulation uh, are very important questions, but I'm just working from the bottom up and mm-hmm. saying, I don't know. We got some free will. It looks like some stuff seems predetermined, but there may be ways to like maybe get around some of that. But I think we got to do this together now. It's getting a little complicated. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, Dr. B, we're running out. We went over time, actually. I was going to keep this at an hour, but... You know, let's let's wrap this all together for the people. How, how do you think we can sort of put it in a a box and 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 have people understand everything that we're talking about? The box is the book that we could talk about, and you know that's one of the reasons I'm here is to say I think my book can help people with this. But you want a, a simpler uh, a simpler box for that, and it. I think what I can what I can say to our listeners and our viewers that meaningful coincidences are common, that weird stuff happens and pay attention to the weird stuff because there may be messages to you and those you love that can be helpful to you. But you have to be careful. You have to sh- you have to hone your intuition with your rationality to come up with which ones should you pay more attention to. But if you keep looking, if you keep observing, if you write them down, you're going to learn stuff about yourself and your environment that you don't know right now. Yeah, for sure. Dr. B, where can people, where can people find your work? Where can they get to your website? Um, how can people buy the book? I highly recommend the book, by the way. So it was a great read, and, and it, it's right in the vein of everything we do here at HXP, but but tell us where people can go to find you. Well, thanks, Xavier, for having me on. And uh, I, there's a lot of talk about um, ideas, the way reality works. This is practical. This is like I'm a doctor. I want to help people actually do something for themselves and for their planet. And they can get in touch with me at coincider.com, C-O-I-N-C-I-D-E-R.com, where you can you can join the 
coincidence project by emailing me and I'll tell you, uh, I'll send you the invitation. You can buy the book any place you buy books. I hope you buy them in your local bookstore or at least order them through your local bookstore. Uh, you can join our coincidence cafes on, on Saturdays at uh, 12 o'clock to 11 o'clock to 1230 with that invitation. And you can get our newsletter and see what we're up to. And you, I have a podcast called Connecting with Coincidence, uh, where I interviewed people about synchronicity, serendipity, and related ideas. And I have a Psychology Today blog uh, that um, where I get to write crazy stuff like Feeling the Pain of a Loved One at a Distance. Uh, the name of that one is, the, name, the title of that one is Knowing Someone Has Died that we have ways of doing it, doing that. And lots of others, like one of my other favorites is interpersonal energy. Uh, mm. It's, it, that's such a great subject, uh, interpersonal energy. You mean like feeling someone's energy, like feeling? Yeah. 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 It happens all the time to me. Well, you're open and you can yeah. feel it. And, yeah. and playing with interpersonal energy is so important, being aware of it and being able to, love each other by being able to resonate with each other. Good, good relationships are good resonance with interpersonal energy. Yeah, for sure, man. That's a good, that's a great way to wrap it up guys. Um, it, it's been a really great episode. And Dr. Dr. Bateman has a lot of information to, to share highly do recommend picking up a copy of Meaningful Coincidences, especially if you're interested in this this subject. But we're going to be here again next week, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. I'll see you guys then. Good night. Thank you.